Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Look at your neighbor and ask them, neighbor, are you fit for the master's service? Genesis chapter number 6, if you have a Bible, please. Let us read together from verse number 6 all the way to verse number 7. Genesis chapter number 6, verse number 5 to 7. If you don't have a Bible, look on the screens. The scriptures is on the screens. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent, of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I've made them. What a sad scripture. What a, what a painful scripture. The question needs to be asked, why is God sorry? Why did it regret our God that he made man? The answer is obvious. The reason why God was so regretful and sorry that he made them was because of the intent and the thoughts and the actions that men display. Somebody says, please help me understand. All right. When God our Father created us, He created us for His glory, for His pleasure, and for His honor. He created us so that we could fulfill His purpose in the earth. These people did everything except the purpose of God. The Bible said that the thoughts and the intent of their hearts was continually wicked, evil. And when God looked at them and what they were doing, how they missed the mark, how they did not fulfill their assignment, his intention. How even though they knew him to be God, they did not glorify and honor him as God. They lived after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And when God saw their actions, he said, why did I make them? Why did I create them? And he had regret that he made them and took a decision to destroy them. 
everybody needs to ask the question, when God looks at me, what does he think? What does he feel? When God looks at me, does, uh, does he have regret that he made me? Or does he say, this is my beloved child with whom I am well pleased? Let's take our journey. Where were we before we came here? The Bible says in him we move, in him we live, in him we have our very being. God told Jeremiah, said Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you. I ordained and established your purpose in the earth. I have called you to be my representative and my prophet in the earth. God doesn't mention anything about his academic uh, 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 excellence or uh, academic requirements. He doesn't mention anything with regards to his secular activity in the marketplace. He doesn't mention anything with regards to opulence and pristine and prestige. He doesn't mention anything with regards to marriage and house and home and family. The things that God mentions in the dialogue between him and Jeremiah is very simple. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. My purpose and my design for your life is that you will be my prophet. Everything else is secondary to the primary function and purpose for which I'm sending you to the earth. When Paul by revelation speaks to us, he reminds us by grace you are saved through faith. And it's not of yourself, it is a gift from God. Not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God predestined we will walk in when we get to the earth. Before you were formed and born in your mother's womb, all the members in the days of your life, your purpose and your assignment was recorded in heaven. God knew why he would send you to the earth. He knew your purpose. He knew your design. He knew why you were supposed to come. That's why the Bible says that every good and perfect gift, it comes from above, from the father of lights I declare unto you by the spirit of God that you are a good gift 
I declare to you by the Spirit of God, you are a perfect gift. I declare to you by the Spirit of God that you are His workmanship. If God is going to do it, He's going to do it through you. If God is going to say it, He's going to say it through you. If God is going to touch it, He's going to touch it through you. If God is going to feel it, He's going to feel it through you. If God is going left, He's going to go with your feet. If He's going right, He's going to go with your feet. If God is going to show mercy, He'll show mercy through your compassion and your enmity. Because you are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works 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 we are here for good works we are here for good works we are here we are here for good works we got to walk in them we got to do them we got to push them we got to propel them we got to embrace them we've got to do the will of him that send us to the earth They didn't do it. So God says, I'm so sorry I made them. Because they are living for themselves. They're walking after the desires of their heart. And they're not fulfilling the purpose for which I created them. You came into this world naked. You are going to leave it naked. In view of that reality, it is very important and incumbent upon us that we do not gamble with our lives and that we do not waste the limited time that we have on the earth. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were bought, not with corruptible things, silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ Jesus, of a lamb without blemish, and without spot here again we are reminded by Peter this great man of God this apostle who loved Christ passionately he said please you need to understand Bazalwan, that you have been bought not with corruptible things such as gold and silver gold and silver could not redeem your life from corruption it was the blood of Jesus Christ it was the shedding of his blood on that cross vicariously that guaranteed and secured the victory over sin and the power of death you don't belong to yourself the life that you are living in the earth belongs to him listen to Paul when he talks he says I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live and yet it is not I but Christ who lives in me he says the life I now live by faith he says I live by and through the 
son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. The Bible says, know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the living God. You don't belong to yourself. The life that you have, the eternal life that you have, you receive it as a gift from God. The gift of forgiveness you received as the gift of God. The power and the person of the Holy Ghost you have received as a gift from God. The fact that you have been engraved into the body of Christ, it is a gift of God. It's not our efforts. It's not our abilities. Oh, it was the grace of Almighty God. By grace are we saved. It is a gift. It is a gift. I didn't work for it. You didn't work for it. We did not deserve it. Grace is called unmerited favor. That's favor that we did not deserve. That God graciously gave for us. So what are you trying to tell me, Brother Bishop? I'm simply trying to remind you that this gift that you have, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of the Word of God, the gift of the Spirit of God, that has been secured to us by virtue of Jesus Christ who laid down his life and who purchased our redemption. Thus, we do not belong to ourselves. We belong to him. We belong to him. We belong to him. We belong to him. So if he says left, I'm going to go left. If he says right, I'm going to go right. If he says up, I'm going to go up. If he says down, I'm going to go down. If he says deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow me. If he tells me, I have called you to be a pastor and a shepherd, even though I've got my own vision and my own goals and my own dreams and my own desires, I'm going to say goodbye to my secular job and my business and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to take up my cross and wherever he is, there I will be. If he tells me become an evangelist, I'm going to say yes, Lord, why? I have been bought. I'm a slave. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. So I'm going to say yes, Lord, and go out and preach the gospel, the north, the south, the east, and the west. Whether I've got money or not, I don't care. He called me. Whether I've got conveniences or not, I don't care because he called me. Listen to Paul. Paul said when he did preach, when he did please God, who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son through me that I might, might preach him amongst the Gentiles. I did not consult with flesh and blood. I became obedient unto the heavenly vision. If he asks me to pray, I will get up and I will pray because 
have been bought. I do not belong to myself. If he asks me to forgive, I'll release and give up my right to be angry and bitter. And I will forgive. If he asks me whatever he asks me to do, I will do that no matter how difficult, how hard it might be. Because I admit, I confess, I acknowledge the fact that he bought me. I don't belong to myself. They forgot in Genesis. He created them. They did not belong to themselves. Why are you here? What are you doing here? Are you fulfilling heaven's purpose? Are you? Or have you been drawn away with the glitz and the glamour? The comfort and the conveniences that this world has to offer? Are, are, are we so engrossed and embedded? in the comforts and the luxuries and the conveniences of the world that we have forgotten our primary purpose. You've been bought. You do not belong to yourself. Philippians 3, 7 and 14. For the sake of time, let me skip quite a number of verses except for verse 7, verse 8, and then the last verse, verse 14. But what things were gained, these I have counted lost for Christ. Here is, a, here is an eloquent man. Here is an academic. This, this man is astute. He has achieved. He is a man of eloquence. He's, he's great. He, he's got, he possesses all kinds of oratory skills and writing skills. This, this is a man of influence. This is a man of stature. This is a man to be reckoned with. This, this man received his education at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the great teachers of his time. This man received letters of empowerment. He received letters to persecute the church and, 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 and to arrest those that call on the name of Jesus Christ. And here with great zeal, zealously, intentionally he goes through Jerusalem and he takes both men and women and he throws them into the prison and, and one day as he, as, he, as he now don't forget he receives the accolades and, and he receives the, the applause of the masses because why? The Jews hate Jesus. The Jews hate the followers of Jesus. So this man is just playing up the early days. So they so impressed with him. They so happy with him. A, a man of a student, a, 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 a man of, of learning. And all of a sudden, as he journeys, here comes the Lord. Katak, 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 Katak on his horse. Katak, Katak, Katak. And as he comes, Jesus appeared unto him. Saul. Saul. Why are you fighting with me? Who are you? It is I, Jesus, whom you are fighting with. Long story short, what must I do? 
Go to the house. There's a street called straight there. A man is waiting for you. His name is Ineas. He will pray for you. Blah, 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 blah. And as soon as he gets to the house of this man, the disciple begin to minister unto him after God spoken to him. And the soul became born again. As soon as he becomes born again, he realized the purpose of God, the intention of God with his salvation. He said, when it had pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son through me that I might preach him amongst the Gentiles, I did not consult with people. I simply said, yes, Lord. Because I realize I have been bought. I realize that I am a slave. I realize that he purchased me with his precious blood. And woe be unto me if I do not preach his gospel. And Paul said those things that I regard it as gain. The accolades and the applause and the trophies of my gains through the power of my own righteousness and effort. He said that I counted as rubbish. Why? So that I may know him. The other things in my life not important. The thing that is important is to know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, if need be conformity to his death. Not as if I have already attained, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind me. And I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Here it is, here it is, here it is. I've got to apprehend that for which I have been apprehended. What did God have on his mind when he saved me? I, I've got to apprehend. I've, I've got to fathom. I've got to understand he didn't just save me. It wasn't an haphazard event. God was intentional. He, he was purposeful because many are called but few are chosen. I'm a chosen. Why? 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 He says, when it comes to the disciples and the work of God, he says, I labor more than them, not I, the grace of God that is in me. He says, imprisonments, in danger. He says, I've been, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been stoned. I, I have been imprisoned. I, I, am, uh, I, am, I am in danger of the river, in danger of the wilderness, in danger amongst the Jews, in danger among false brethren. He says, besides all of these problems that I... But Paul, why don't you give? I cannot give up because I'm a prisoner. I've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I don't belong to 
myself. He who called me did not call me to build a house, did not call me to, 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 to possess all the wonderful things that life and its conveniences can provide for my soul. He's called me for one purpose. Do you, you, do you want to tell me that you do not need a house? Yes, I do need a place to, 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 to lay down my head. But if God decides I'm going to lay my head in prison, then me and Silas is going to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why? Because I've been bored. I don't belong to myself. So anywhere he leads me, The other things, rubbish. Lord Jesus, sir. <laughs> How are you, Lord? Lord, come show us where you live. He says, well, boys, foxes have got holes. Birds have got nests. I am so busy doing the Father's will that I didn't get a chance to build a house. I've got to do the will of him that sent me while it's day because the night come when no man can work. In my Father's house, however, there is many mansions. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on the earth where moth and rust do corrupt, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves does not break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What are you doing here? I've got to apprehend. I've got to understand. What did God have on his mind when he created me and when he saved me? Why am I saved? I wish I had time. I wish I had time. Look at your neighbor for nightly and say, why are you here? Second Timothy 2 verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there is not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Look at me quickly. What type of a vessel are you? Are you a vessel of honor? Or one of dishonor? Are you living your life and contributing towards the eternal will, the immutable purpose of God for your life as it is recorded in heaven? Or are you going after the desires of your own heart, the futility of the mind, the vanity of the efforts of humanity? What do 
you believe? Do you believe that there's a real heaven? Do you believe that we're going to live there forever? Do you believe that our journey here on the earth, let, let's say, uh, what, uh, 70 years? Let's say you live to be 70 years. That's 200 and what, 255,000 days, I think, is the span of your lifetime. It's, it's, it's so short, or 255,000 days. It's, it's so short, the journey. It's so short that the Bible says it's like grass that wither. It's like mist in front of the sun. The one minute it's there, the next, it's gone. Now, the question is, are you living your purpose? Why are you here? Are you living the purpose for which God has sent you to the earth? Are you a vessel of gold? Can God depend on you? Are you dependable? Are you trustworthy? Are you contributing towards the advancement of the kingdom of God? Why are you in the church? Do you come and sit here comfortably and convenient on a Sunday and sing the anthems and the songs of Zion? And when you leave here, you forget that you are an ambassador? You are the light of the world. You are a city on top of the hill. Where you work. Do you witness? Do you tell people about Jesus? About his loving grace, his mercy, his compassion, his tender mercy. Do you tell them there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and a sponge beneath the, uh, the, 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 the stream? They lose their guilt and they lose this. Do you? God has given our bishop a vision that, that is beyond comprehension. He has committed his life, his efforts, all that he is has been committed. It's sold out to this vision. What is this vision? This vision is to go out into all the world and to preach the unadulterated message of the gospel of the kingdom of almighty God. It's to facilitate a process that would allow people to experience the love of God, the grace of God, the mercies of God, the compassion of God. Yes, Bishop has a vision. What is that vision? That vision is to train our children, is to equip your children, by the way. Is to equip them and to mold them and to make them through the Kairos platform and various other platforms that's within the embit of the church to train, to develop, to group so that your children can become the priest of God. My question is simple. What are you doing about this responsibility? Are you helping? Are you building? Are you involved in missions and evangelism? When we go out to win souls, to Anakaza, to preach the gospel, are you involved? Are you, are you, are you dependable? Are you trustworthy? Or do you sit on the fence and criticize? By the way, everything that you are working for, can you see it? Oh, you know, you know, brother Bishop, I, I don't have the time. I'm just, I'm just so busy, just so busy at work and I, I cannot get involved. And I, oh, you are busy. Okay. Okay. You forgot that you were bought. You forgot, you forgot you were a slave. You don't belong to yourself. So you're busy building your own empire, you, you, your own empire, you're following your own vision, your own heart. And, and then you, you, what, what you conveniently forget is your days here is limited. 
And when you close your eyes in death, I'll get there just now. Nothing that you've worked for in this world is going to follow you. Pastors, listen to me. It is very difficult to pastor people. It, it comes with heartache. It comes with betrayal. It comes with disappointment. It comes with tears. And it comes with sorrow. But pastors, listen to me today. It is God who called us and not we ourselves. So we are going to stay faithful until the bitter end. No matter what you are going through as a pastor, no matter what your family is going through, you stay true to the cause. Listen to Bishop when he speaks to us and when he instructs us and whatever God tells him to do let's run with the vision and do what God has called us to do because one day the skies is going to open up the son of God is going to appear in his glory and then he's going to say come in to your father's rest well done inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you Jesus our pastor also suffered and he said to us be of good cheer and be of good courage in the world you will have tribulation and problems but don't worry I have overcome the world don't leave the ministry don't become despondent don't become discouraged do the work of God be faithful to our bishop. Be faithful to the vision that God has given him. Do not allow anybody to whisper in your ear. Ask your neighbor, neighbor. Hey, why are you here? Bishop Edwards, are you trying to tell me that I should not secure the conveniences of life? No, it's not what I'm saying. It's really not what I'm saying. The necessities and the convenience life should become a means to an end and not the end in and of itself. You cannot worship things. Your car, your house, your education, your vocation. Ow! You, you are a doctor, yes, but you, you are first an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Your first responsibility is a child of God. Your responsibility before you fulfill your duties as a doctor, you fulfill your duties as a kingdom citizen. You tell them about Jesus, the love of Jesus, the grace of God, the mercies of God. Before you operate, pray in the name of Jesus. They don't need to hear you pray. No, 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 just hear in your heart. I say, Lord, I bring this patient before you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you guide my hands, that you give me a steady hand. And when they wake up, tell them about the grace of God, the love of God, the compassion of God. What if they fire me? Who can close the door which God has opened for you? You're an attorney, yes, but you are first a representative of the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. Your first responsibility is toward God. Oh, you know, I, I got I to gotta just make sure that all of my bills are paid. You know, I bought this very expensive car. I'm living in this, this big house. Oh, how about? Who gave you the strength to get up in the morning? Who watched over you when you were sleeping? Who enabled your right hand? 
Who gave you the power to acquire wealth and for what reason? When your father talks to us, he reminds us. He says, listen, the heaven and the earth, its fullness belongs to me. 10,000 cows upon a hill belongs to me. The gold and the silver belongs to me. So when I tell you to bring your tithes and your offerings into the storehouse so that there may be meat in my house, I am only asking you to give me some of what I've given to you. So that my work can continue to grow. Are you a tithe? I'm just asking. Don't answer. I'm just asking. Whose money is it? Whose house is it? Whose car? No, me. Mike, ah, oh, it's your car now. It's your house. It's your money. All right, all right. All right. It's not his anymore. You're not a steward anymore. Almost done. Matthew 7, 20 and 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will come and say, Lord, uh, we prophesied in your name. We cast the devils out in your name and blah, blah, blah. Then he will declare to them, I knew you not. The thing is, there was, you, you were impressed with my hand, not my face. Ah. Uh, You worship my hand, what I could do, not who I was, not who I am. Oh Lord, bless me, bless my house, bless my wife, bless my cat, bless my dog. Lord, breakthrough, breakthrough. Have you seen all the pastors? It's just breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. What is that? What kind of a gospel is that? They are what? They are impressed with his hand not his face they worship his hand they worship the gifts at the expense of the giver do you know him do you have fellowship with him can he trust you can he talk to you can he tell you to take this and give it to that. Can he ask you to go and pray for so and so? Can he send you when you are riding the crest of the wave? Like, 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 like Philip. Can he, he pull you out of that revival and says, Now Philip, there's a lot of people here. But I want you to go to that lonely street on the backside of the desert. Somebody is going to come past. And when he comes, I'll show you who it is. Go and join yourself to him. Or are you impressed with... I don't know, you have to answer. In your heart. 
Yes, Paul. I'm going to close with him. This man, he, he blows my mind. He, he's, he's gone through so much cycles and seasons and pain and humiliation and suffering and degradation and, and everything that there is to name within the uh, 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 human vocabulary. He's gone through it all and he's at the end. He's at the end. He's at the end. He's at the end. Listen to him. You know what? Three years ago, the doctor called me in into his office and he says to me, your child is busy dying. 15 years of age. It's the worst news that a parent can receive. You want her to stay in the hospital or you want her to go home? I said, no, give her, I'll take my child home. She'll, she'll die in my house. I looked at my little girl. She started to take her leave from the world and the things of the world. The things that once was important to her. Now, this is the story. When she turned 15... Just a few days after we celebrated her birthday, we would be confronted with the news that she's no more. During that time, I look at this child as she takes her leave from the world and the things of the world. The things that was important, her wardrobe, her shoes, her jewelry, her whatever, it lost its value just like that. Uh, uh, you know the, the young children with their phones. They don't want to hear anything about their phones. That child took that phone and she placed it there and forgot about it. Everything that was there and important, she took her leave and all she wanted, she wanted her family around her. And a few hours before she died, she began to sing, loved her hands. She began to pray. She gave instructions. My funeral, I want this, I want that. And there I realized that when we die, the things that we thought was important lose their value. Why spend all your time working for things in the face of death are valueless? Paul worked for Christ. He, he sacrificed. He gave himself. He, he gave his time, his talent, his energy. And he said, uh, uh, I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. He said, I have fought a good fight. But Paul, you were in prison. You, you were beaten. You were stoned. You were... Yes, Freddie, but it was a good fight. They, they beat you, Paul. Yes, my boy. But it was a good fight. Paul, you were in danger. You were betrayed. Demas forsook you. There, there were arguments with, with you and Mark. And Paul. Yes, my boy. Yes, but all of that was in the will of God. And it was a good fight. 
I've got no regrets. Paul, you don't have a house. You don't have a wife. You don't have children. You, you've got nothing. Here you are in a prison waiting to be executed. He says, my boy, the important thing is not only did I fight the good fight, but I also finished. I managed to understand what he had on his mind when he called me. And as soon as I realized, I worked tirelessly. I pushed myself. I battered my own body. I ran the streets. I did everything in my power so that when I come to the end, I should have no regrets. I have finished what he has sent me to do. I've done it. And my son, I've kept the faith. <laughs> I've kept it. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. I'm ready to go. Question is asked, are you running your race? Are you fulfilling your course? Are you keeping the faith? Corinthians 2 verse 5 and, and verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each may receive the things done in the body. The things done in the body. The things, the things. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because we are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And there we will be rewarded. We are going to receive from God. Is it going to reward me for my Achievements in life? No. That's not what we get rewarded for. What is he going to reward me for? He's going to reward you for what you've done for him. Because don't forget, you are sent here for a purpose. You are sent here on a mission. Young people, listen, I was 15 years old. 15 years. Oh, I'm young. I, I do not want to work for God. And, you know, I, I want to explore opportunities. And I was 15. Your bishop also, 16 years of age. We were young when we said yes to him. We counted. You know, I've always loved business. So I, I, I got involved a little bit in business. And then later on, I said yes to God. And I went full out. Only now that I've gone back a few years ago in order to help generate funds to help me do what it is, what I need to do. So business in my life is not primary. It's secondary. I do not put my businesses before God. God comes before my businesses. Money is not important. Money is given as a means to an end. It's to help us do the work of God. We don't worship His hand. We worship His face. We seek His face. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Almost done. Let me close with Revelations 14. Revelations 14 verse 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest 
from their labors and their works. Their what? No, it's their houses, their cars, their academic qualifications. It's the pristine and the prestige, the, uh, the bling. Have you seen how pastors behave of late? Have you seen the foolishness? All right, I'll leave that alone. Eagle has landed. E what are you, what eagle is, what, what are you talking about? Oh, 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 the pristine and the health. And you cannot get to us. And we are so important and we've got bodyguards. What is this madness? What, what's going on with us? Is the shepherd not supposed to smell like the sheep? What is this thing that if, if you give your offering, I'm going to prophesy? What? What is this? What? Because the Bible says freely we have received it and freely we should give. Why should you pay for a prophecy? We are no different from the world who exploit the masses at their own expense. We drive the best. We live in the best. We distance ourselves from the people it's the bling and the gold and the blah and the blah and the blah hey Munna, we are going to stand before God listen to your pastor I'm closing I'm closing give me beautiful strings I feel like going on. I feel like going on.
when we close our eyes in death we leave everything of this world in this world when our coffins stand here in the coffin is the body that God gave you to live on earth there's no trailer it's just the house the tent in which you used to live When you enter into heaven, something is supposed to follow you. Your works. Not your house. Not, no, 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 no. What I've done for my father when I was in the earth. This morning, I want to appeal to you let us stand with our bishop let us keep his hands on high let's pray for him let's split him under the blood cover his family pray for his strength and his health pray for all his sons that no one will forsake him like Demas that all will be faithful that no one will break his heart as he so constantly asks us but that with great determination each one of us will fulfill our purpose and contribute towards the advancement of the kingdom of God break away don't go and try and start your own church in our bishop's vision there is room there's enough room for all of us to fulfill our purpose that's the reason why I could give up my right and that's the reason why I count it a privilege to take myself and all that I represented ministry that's debt free that run into the millions bring it and lay it at the feet of the Lord and say I want to help you I am not important the vision that God has given you, within that vision, there's room for Freddie Edwards to fulfill his purpose. Find your place. Make a commitment. Do not be deceived by this world and the things of this world, but fulfill the purpose of God who sent you to the earth so that when you close your eyes in death you rest from your labor and your works follow you listen to Jesus 
in that day he will say well done good and faithful servant my question is if you haven't done anything what will he say let us pray father I bring these your precious people before your presence and I pray now merciful and compassionate God that you would help all of us that we will fulfill the purpose for which you have sent us to the earth Lord help us to turn our eyes upon Jesus and to look full in his glorious face the things of this world will become slowly dim in the light of his glory and his grace help us to fulfill the purpose for which you have sent us to the earth and to finish the work father within the ambit of the vision that you have given our bishop there's room and there's place for all of us and I pray that all of us will find our place and that we will with great passion intently and intentionally pursue our purpose and so contribute towards the advancement of the kingdom of God touch our hearts Help us to be sensitive. Fill us with your spirit and with your power. Flow through us, Lord. Think through us. Move through us. Live through us. Walk through us. Preach to us. Teach through us. Talk through us. Touch through us. Whatever you want to do, do it through us. Help us, Lord, not to lay up for ourselves treasures here on this earth we're gonna leave it here but help us to be wise help us to be prudent help us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where mortar rust does not corrupt thieves doesn't break in and steal where our treasure is there our hearts will be in and in that day you will say well done enter into your father's rest there are five crowns in heaven that's waiting for us. Lord, help us that we will run so hard and so effective and that we will work tirelessly and that we will do everything in our power so that in that day we will not be found wanting or naked but that we will be clothed in white clothes and wear upon our brown one, two, three, four or five of the crowns. Help us to fulfill your will in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed before I call Brother Bernard to come and receive the tithes and the offerings. I want to pray for you who's here today, whose sins are not forgiven and whose soul is not healed. You have not yet made your decision to receive and to allow Christ to come into your life. Wherever you are, if your sins are not forgiven, your soul is not healed, and your name is not recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, I would love to pray for you. All you need to do is raise me your hand quickly, 
and I'm going to pray for you. Do it now. One, two, three. Raise those hands quickly. I'm going to pray for you. If you're not born again, you're not saved. I would love to pray for you in Jesus' name. Wherever you are, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, raise me your hand. I'll pray for you. Is everybody safe? Everybody born again? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I can't see because of the light, but thank you, ushers. Thank you for helping me. Anybody else? Just raise your hands. Thank you. Thank you. I want those that have raised their hands. Please walk to the front. Come and meet me right here in front. I want to pray for you that God would forgive your sins and heal your soul and give you the gift of eternal life. Just come. Wherever you are, just come. Just come. Just come. Without Christ, our life is meaningless. Come to Jesus. Let Him wash you. Let Him cleanse you. Let Him give you a reason to live. Let Him direct you. Let Him order your footsteps. I'm so happy that you came. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy.